section eight of the dove's nest and other stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the dove's nest and other stories by katherine mansfield the dove's nest after lunch milly and her mother were sitting as usual on the balcony beyond the salon admiring for the five hundredth time the stocks the roses the small bright grass beneath the palms and the oranges against a wavy line of blue when a card was brought them by marie visitors at the villa martin were very rare true the english clergyman mr sandeman had called and he had come a second time with his wife to tea but an awful thing had happened on that second occasion mother had made a mistake she had said more tea mr sandybags oh what a frightful thing to have happened how could she have done it milly still flamed at the thought and he had evidently not forgiven them he'd never come again so this card put them both into a flutter mr walter proger they read and then an american address so very much abbreviated that neither of them understood it walter proger but they'd never heard of him mother looked from the card to milly proger dear she asked mildly as though helping milly to a slice of a never-before-tasted pudding and milly seemed to be holding her plate back in the way she answered i don't know mother these are the occasions said mother becoming a little flustered when one does so feel the need of our dear english servants now if i could just say what is he like annie i should know whether to see him or not but he may be some common man selling something one of those american inventions for peeling things you know dear or he may even be some kind of foreign sharper mother winced at the hard bright little word as though she had given herself a dig with her embroidery scissors but here marie smiled at milly and murmured say un tres beau monsieur what does she say dear she says he looks very nice mother well we'd better began mother where is he now i wonder marie answered in the vestibule madam in the hall mother jumped up seriously alarmed in the hall with all those valuable little foreign things that didn't belong to them scattered over the tables show him in marie come milly come dear we will see him in the salon oh why isn't miss anderson here almost wailed mother but miss anderson mother's new companion never was on the spot when she was wanted she had been engaged to be a comfort a support to them both fond of travelling a cheerful disposition a good packer and so on and then when they had come all this way and taken the villa martin and moved in she had turned out to be a roman catholic half her time more than half was spent wearing out the knees of her skirts in cold churches it was really too the door opened a middle-aged clean-shaven very well-dressed stranger stood bowing before them his bow was stately milly saw it pleased mother very much she bowed her queen alexandra bow back as for milly she never could bow she smiled feeling shy but deeply interested have i the pleasure 
said the stranger very courteously with a strong american accent of speaking with mrs windham fawcett i am mrs fawcett said mother graciously and this is my daughter mildred pleased to meet you miss fawcett and the stranger shot a fresh chill hand at milly who grasped it just in time before it was gone again won't you sit down said mother and she waved faintly at all the gilt chairs thank you i will said the stranger down he sat still solemn crossing his legs and most surprisingly his arms as well his face looked at them over his dark arms as over a gate milly sit down dear so milly sat down too on the madame Ricamier couch and traced a fillet lace flower with her finger there was a little pause she saw the stranger swallow mother's fan opened and shut then he said i took the liberty of calling mrs fawcett because had the pleasure of your husband's acquaintance in the states when he was lecturing there some years ago i should like very much to renew our well i venture to hope we might call it friendship is he with you at present are you expecting him out i noticed his name was not mentioned in the local paper but i put that down to a foreign custom perhaps giving precedence to the lady and here the stranger looked as though he might be going to smile but as a matter of fact it was extremely awkward mother's mouth shook milly squeezed her hands between her knees but she watched hard from under her eyebrows good noble little mummy how milly admired her as she heard her say gently and quite simply i am sorry to say my husband died two years ago mr prodger gave a great start did he he thrust out his under lip frowned pondered i am truly sorry to hear that mrs fawcett i hope you'll believe me when i say i had no idea your husband had passed over of course mother softly stroked her skirt i do trust said mr prodger more seriously still that my inquiry didn't give you too much pain no no it's quite all right said the gentle voice but mr prodger insisted you're sure you're positive at that mother raised her head and gave him one of her still bright exalted glances that milly knew so well i'm not in the least hurt she said as one might say it from the midst of the fiery furnace mr prodger looked relieved he changed his attitude and continued i hope this regrettable circumstance will not deprive me of your oh certainly not we shall be delighted we are always so pleased to know any one who mother gave a little bound a little flutter she flew from her shadowy branch on to a sunny one is this your first visit to the riviera it is said mr prodger the fact is i was in florence until recently but i took a heavy cold there florence so damp cooed mother and the doctor recommended i should come here for the sunshine before i started for home the sun is so very lovely here agreed mother enthusiastically well i don't think we get too much of it said mr prodger dubiously and two lines showed at his lips i seem to have been sitting around in my hotel more days than i care to count ah hotels are so very trying said mother and she drooped sympathetically at the thought of a lonely man in an hotel you are alone here she asked gently just in case one never knew 
it was better to be on the safe the tactful side but her fears were groundless oh yes i'm alone cried mr prodger more heartily than he had spoken yet and he took a speck of thread off his immaculate trouser leg something in his voice puzzled milly what was it still the scenery is so very beautiful said mother that one really does not feel the need of friends i was only saying to my daughter yesterday i could live here for years without going outside the garden gate it is all so beautiful is that so said mr prodger soberly he added you have a very charming villa and he glanced round the salon is all this antique furniture genuine may i ask i believe so said mother i was certainly given to understand it was yes we love our villa but of course it is very large for two that is to say three ladies my companion miss anderson is with us but unfortunately she is a roman catholic and so she is out most of the time mr prodger bowed as one who agreed that roman catholics were very seldom in but i am so fond of space continued mother and so is my daughter we both love large rooms and plenty of them don't we milly this time mr prodger looked at milly quite cordially and remarked yes young people like plenty of room to run about he got up put one hand behind his back slapped the other upon it and went over to the balcony you've a view of the sea from here he observed the ladies might well have noticed it the whole mediterranean swung before the windows we are so fond of the sea said mother getting up too mr prodger looked towards milly do you see those yachts miss fawcett milly saw them do you happen to know what they're doing asked mr prodger what they were doing what a funny question milly stared and bit her lip they're racing said mr prodger and this time he did actually smile at her oh yes of course stammered milly of course they are she knew that well they're not always at it said mr prodger good-humouredly and he turned to mother and began to take a ceremonious farewell i wonder hesitated mother folding her little hands and eyeing him if you would care to lunch with us if you would not be too dull with two ladies we should be so very pleased mr prodger became intensely serious again he seemed to brace himself to meet the luncheon invitation thank you very much mrs fawcett i should be delighted that will be very nice said mother warmly let me see to-day is monday isn't it milly would wednesday suit you mr prodger replied it would suit me excellently to lunch with you on wednesday mrs fawcett at midi i presume as they call it here oh no we keep our english times at one o'clock said mother and that being arranged mr prodger became more and more ceremonious and bowed himself out of the room mother rang for marie to look after him and a moment later the big glass hall door shut well said mother she was all smiles little smiles like butterflies alighting on her lips and gone again that was an adventure milly wasn't it dear and i thought he was such a very charming man didn't you milly made a little face at mother and rubbed her eye of course you did you must have dear and his appearance was so satisfactory wasn't it mother was obviously enraptured i mean he looked so very well kept 
did you notice his hands every nail shone like a diamond i must say i do like to see she broke off she came over to milly and patted her big collar straight you think it was right of me to ask him to lunch don't you dear said mother pathetically mother made her feel so big so tall but she was tall she could pick mother up in her arms sometimes rare moods came when she did swooped on mother who squeaked like a mouse and even kicked but not lately very seldom now it was so strange said mother there was the still bright exalted glance again i suddenly seemed to hear father say to me ask him to lunch and then there was some warning i think it was about the wine but that i didn't catch very unfortunately she added mournfully she put her hand on her breast she bowed her head father is still so near she whispered milly looked out of the window she hated mother going on like this but of course she couldn't say anything out of the window there was the sea and the sunlight silver on the palms like water dripping from silver oars milly felt a yearning what was it it was like a yearning to fly but mother's voice brought her back to the salon to the gilt chairs the gilt couches sconces cabinets the tables with the heavy sweet flowers the faded brocade the pink-spotted chinese dragons on the mantelpiece and the two turks heads in the fireplace that supported the broad logs i think a leg of lamb would be nice don't you dear said mother the lamb is so very small and delicate just now and men like nothing so much as plain roast meat yvonne prepares it so nicely too with that little frill of paper lace round the top of the leg it always reminds me of something i can't think what but it certainly makes it look very attractive indeed wednesday came and the flutter that mother and milly had felt over the visiting card extended to the whole villa yes it was not too much to say that the whole villa thrilled and fluttered at the idea of having a man to lunch old flat-footed yvonne came waddling back from the market with a piece of gorgonzola in so perfect a condition that when she found marie in the kitchen she flung down her great basket snatched the morsel up and held it rustling in its paper to her quivering bosom je trouvais un morceau de gorgonzola she panted rolling up her eyes as though she invited the heavens themselves to look down upon it jean un morceau de gorgonzola i see poor un prince ma filet. and hissing the word prince like lightning she thrust the morsel under marie's nose marie who was a delicate creature almost swooned at the shock do you think cried yvonne scornfully that i would ever buy such cheese pour si dame never never jamais de ma vie her sausage finger wagged before her nose and she minced in a dreadful imitation of mother's french we have none of us large appetites yvonne we are very fond of boiled eggs and mashed potatoes and a nice plain salad ah bah with a snort of contempt she flung away her shawl rolled up her sleeves and began unpacking the basket at the bottom there was a flat bottle which sighing she laid aside du coy pour ma cours said she and marie seizing a bottle of saturn and bearing it off to the dining-room murmured 
as she shut the kitchen door behind her et voila pour les cours de monsieur the dining-room was a large room panelled in dark wood it had a massive mantelpiece and carved chairs covered in crimson damask on the heavy polished table stood an oval glass dish decorated with little gilt swags this dish which it was marie's duty to keep filled with fresh flowers fascinated her the sight of it gave her a frizzen it reminded her always as it lay solitary on the dark expanse of a little tomb and one day passing through the long windows on to the stone terrace and down the steps into the garden she had the happy thought of so arranging the flowers that they would be appropriate to one of the ladies on a future tragic occasion her first creation had been terrible tomb of mademoiselle anderson in black pansies lily of the valley and a frill of heliotrope it gave her a most intense curious pleasure to hand miss anderson the potatoes at lunch and at the same time to gaze beyond her at her triumph it was like au ciel it was like handing potatoes to a corpse the tomb of madame was on the contrary almost gay foolish little flowers half yellow half blue hung over the edge wisps of green trailed across and in the middle there was a large scarlet rose cour saignon marie had called it but it did not look in the least like a cour saignon it looked flushed and cheerful like mother emerging from the luxury of a warm bath milly's of course was all white white stalks little white rosebuds with a sprig or two of dark box edging it was mother's favorite poor innocent marie at the sideboard had to turn her back when she heard mother exclaim isn't it pretty milly isn't it sweetly pretty most artistic so original and she had said to marie c'est très joli marie très original marie's smile was so remarkable that milly peeling a tangerine remarked to mother i don't think she likes you to admire them it makes her uncomfortable but to-day the glory of her opportunity made marie feel quite faint as she seized her flower scissors tombeau d'une beau monsieur she was forbidden to cut the orchids that grew around the fountain basin but what were orchids for if not for such an occasion her fingers trembled as the scissors snipped away they were enough marie added two small sprays of palm and back in the dining-room she had the happy idea of binding the palm together with a twist of gold thread deftly torn off the fringe of the dining-room curtains the effect was superb marie almost seemed to see her beau monsieur very small very small at the bottom of the bowl in full evening dress with a ribbon across his chest and his ears white as wax what surprised milly however was that miss anderson should pay any attention to mr prodger's coming she rustled to breakfast in her best black silk blouse her sunday blouse with the large painful-looking crucifix dangling over the front milly was alone when miss anderson entered the dining-room this was unfortunate for she always tried to avoid being left alone with miss anderson she could not say exactly why it was a feeling she had the feeling that miss anderson might say something about god or something fearfully intimate oh she would sink through the floor if such a thing happened 
she would expire supposing she were to say milly do you believe in our lord heavens it simply didn't bear thinking about good morning my dear said miss anderson and her fingers cold pale like church candles touched milly's cheek good morning miss anderson may i give you some coffee said milly trying to be natural thank you dear child said miss anderson and laughing her light nervous laugh she hooked on her eyeglasses and stared at the basket of rolls and is it to-day that you expect your guest she asked now why did she ask that why pretend when she knew perfectly well that was all part of her strangeness or was it because she wanted to be friendly miss anderson was more than friendly she was genial but there was always this something was she spying people said at school that roman catholics spied miss anderson rustled rustled about the house like a dead leaf now she was on the stairs now in the upstairs passage sometimes at night when milly was feverish she woke up and heard that rustle outside her door was miss anderson looking through the keyhole and one night she actually had the idea that miss anderson had bored two holes in the wall above her head and was watching her from there the feeling was so strong that next time she went into miss anderson's room her eyes flew to the spot to her horror a large pitcher hung there had it been there before guessed the crisp breakfast roll broke in half at the word yes i think it is said milly vaguely and her blue flower-like eyes were raised to miss anderson in a vague stare it will make quite a little change in our little party said the much too pleasant voice i confess i miss very much the society of men i have had such a great deal of it in my life i think that ladies by themselves are apt to get a little hm hm and helping herself to cherry jam she spilt it on the cloth milly took a large childish bite out of her roll there was nothing to reply to this but how young miss anderson made her feel she made her want to be naughty to pour milk over her head or make a noise with a spoon ladies by themselves went on miss anderson who realized none of this are very apt to find their interests limited why said milly goaded to reply people always said that it sounded most unfair i think said miss anderson taking off her eyeglasses and looking a little dim it is the absence of political discussion oh politics cried milly airily i hate politics father always said but here she pulled up short she crimsoned she didn't want to talk about father to miss anderson oh look look a butterfly cried miss anderson softly and hastily look what a darling her own cheeks flushed a slow red at the sight of the darling butterfly fluttering so softly over the glittering table that was very nice of miss anderson fearfully nice of her she must have realized that milly didn't want to talk about father and so she had mentioned the butterfly on purpose milly smiled at miss anderson as she never had smiled at her before and she said in her warm youthful voice he is a duck isn't he i love butterflies i think they are great lambs the morning whisked away as foreign mornings do mother had half decided to wear her hat at lunch what do you think milly do you think as head of the house it might be appropriate 
on the other hand one does not want to do anything at all extreme which do you mean mother your mushroom or the jam pot oh not the jam pot dear mother was quite used to milly's name for it i somehow don't feel myself in a hat without a brim and to tell you the truth i am still not quite certain whether i was wise in buying the jam pot i cannot help the feeling that if i were to meet father in it he would be a little too surprised more than once lately went on mother quickly i have thought of taking off the trimming turning it upside down and making it into a nice little work-bag what do you think dear but we must not go into it now milly this is not the moment for such schemes come on to the balcony i have told marie we shall have coffee there what about bringing out that big chair with the nice substantial legs for mr prodger men are so fond of nice substantial no not by yourself love let me help you when the chair was carried out milly thought it looked exactly like mr prodger it was mr prodger admiring the view no don't sit down on it you mustn't she cried hastily as mother began to subside she put her arm through mother's and drew her back into the salon happily at that moment there was a rustle and miss anderson was upon them in excellent time for once she carried a copy of the morning post i have been trying to find out from this said she lightly tapping the newspaper with her eye-glasses whether congress is sitting at present but unfortunately after reading my copy right through i happened to glance at the heading and discovered it was five weeks old congress would mr prodger expect them to talk about congress the idea terrified mother congress the american parliament of course composed of senators gray-bearded old men in frock coats and turned-down collars rather like missionaries but she did not feel at all competent to discuss them i think we had better not be too intellectual she suggested timidly fearful of disappointing miss anderson but more fearful still of the alternative still one likes to be prepared said miss anderson and after a pause she added softly one never knows ah how true that is one never does miss anderson and mother seemed both to ponder this truth they sat silent with head bent as though listening to the whisper of the words one never knows said the pink-spotted dragons on the mantelpiece and the turks heads pondered nothing is known nothing everybody just waits for things to happen as they were waiting there for the stranger who came walking towards them through the sun and shadow under the budding plane trees or driving perhaps in one of the small cotton-covered cabs an angel passed over the villa martin in that moment of hovering silence something beseeching seemed to lift seemed to offer itself as the flowers in the salon uplifted gave themselves to the light then mother said i hope mr prodger will not find the scent of the mimosa too powerful men are not fond of flowers in a room as a rule i have heard it causes actual hay fever in some cases what do you think milly ought we perhaps but there was no time to do anything a long firm trill sounded from the hall door it was a trill so calm and composed and unlike the tentative little push they gave the bell that it brought them back to the seriousness of the moment they heard a man's voice the door clicked and shut again 
he was inside a stick rattled on the table there was a pause and then the door handle of the salon turned and marie in frilled muslin cuffs and an apron shaped like a heart ushered in mr prodger only mr prodger after all but whom had milly expected to see the feeling was there and gone again that she would not have been surprised to see somebody quite different before she realized this wasn't quite the same mr prodger as before he was smarter than ever all brushed combed shining the ears that marie had seen white as wax flashed as if they had been pink enameled mother fluttered up in her pretty little way so hoping he had not found the heat of the day too trying to be out in but happily it was a little early in the year for dust then miss anderson was introduced milly was ready this time for that fresh hand but she almost gasped it was so very chill it was like a hand stretched out to you from the water then together they all sat down is this your first visit to the riviera asked miss anderson graciously dropping her handkerchief it is answered mr prodger composedly and he folded his arms as before i was in florence until recently but i caught a heavy cold florence so began mother when the beautiful brass gong that burned like a fallen sun in the shadows of the hall began to throb first it was a low muttering then it swelled it quickened it burst into a clash of triumph under marie's sympathetic fingers never had they been treated to such a performance before mr prodger was all attention that's a very fine gong he remarked approvingly we think it is so very oriental said mother it gives our little meals quite an eastern flavor shall we their guest was at the door bowing so many gentlemen and only one lady fluttered mother what i mean is the boot is on the other shoe that is to say come milly come dear and she led the way to the dining-room well there they were the cold fresh napkins were shaken out of their charming shapes and marie handed the omelette mr prodger sat on mother's right facing milly and miss anderson had her back to the long windows but after all why should the fact of their having a man with them make such a difference it did it made all the difference why should they feel so stirred at the sight of that large hand outspread moving among the wine glasses why should the sound of that loud confident ahem change the very look of the dining-room it was not a favorite room of theirs as a rule it was overpowering they bobbed uncertainly at the pale table with a curious feeling of exposure they were like those meek guests who arrive unexpectedly at the fashionable hotel and are served with whatever may be ready while the real luncheon the real guests lurk important and contemptuous in the background and although it was impossible for marie to be other than deaf nimble and silent what heart could she have in ministering to that poor uninspiring of spectacles three ladies dining alone now all was changed marie filled their glasses to the brim as if to reward them for some marvellous feat of courage these timid english ladies had captured a live lion a real one smelling faintly of eau de cologne and with a tip of handkerchief showing white as a flake of snow he is worthy of it decided marie eyeing her orchids and palms mr prodger touched his hot plate with appreciative fingers 
you'll hardly believe it mrs fawcett he remarked turning to mother but this is the first hot plate i've happened on since i left the states i had begun to believe there were two things that just weren't to be had in europe one was a hot plate and the other was a glass of cold water well the cold water one can do without but a hot plate is more difficult i'd got so discouraged with the cold wet ones i encountered everywhere that when i was arranging with cook's agency about my room here i explained to them i don't care what the expense may be but for mercy's sake find me an hotel where i can get a hot plate by ringing for it mother though outwardly all sympathy found this a little bewildering she had a momentary vision of mr prodger ringing for hot plates to be brought to him at all hours such strange things to want in any numbers i have always heard the american hotels are so very well equipped said miss anderson telephones in all the rooms and even tape machines milly could see miss anderson reading that tape machine i should like to go to america awfully she cried as marie brought in the lamb and set it before mother there is certainly nothing wrong with america said mr prodger soberly america's a great country what are they peas well i'll just take a few i don't eat peas as a rule no no salad thank you not with the hot meat but what makes you want to go to america miss anderson ducked forward smiling at milly and her eyeglasses fell into her plate just escaping the gravy because one wants to go everywhere was the real answer but milly's flower-blue gaze rested thoughtfully on miss anderson as she said the ice-cream i adore ice-cream do you said mr prodger and he put down his fork he seemed moved so you're fond of ice-cream are you miss fawcett milly transferred her dazzling gaze to him it said she was well said mr prodger quite playfully and he began eating again i'd like to see you get it i'm sorry we can't manage to ship some across i like to see young people have just what they want it seems right somehow kind man would he have any more lamb lunch passed so pleasantly so quickly that the famous piece of gorgonzola was on the table in all its fatness and richness before there had been an awkward moment the truth was that mr prodger proved most easy to entertain most ready to chat as a rule men were not fond of chat as mother understood it they did not seem to understand that it does not matter very much what one says the important thing is not to let the conversation drop strange even the best men ignored that simple rule they refused to realize that conversation is like a dear little baby that is brought in to be handed round you must rock it nurse it keep it on the move if you want it to keep smiling what could be simpler but even father mother winced away from memories that were not as sweet as memories ought to be all the same she could not help hoping that father saw what a successful little lunch party it was he did so love to see milly happy and the child looked more animated than she had done for weeks she had lost that dreamy expression which though very sweet did not seem natural at her age perhaps what she wanted was not so much easton's syrup as taking out of herself i have been very selfish thought mother blaming herself as usual 
she put her hand on milly's arm she pressed it gently as they rose from the table and marie held the door open for the white and gray figure for miss anderson who peered short-sightedly as though looking for something for mr prodger who brought up the rear walking stately with a benign air of a monsieur who had eaten well beyond the balcony the garden the palms and the sea lay bathed in quivering brightness not a leaf moved the oranges were little worlds of burning light there was the sound of grasshoppers ringing their tiny tambourines and the hum of bees as they hovered as though to taste their joy in advance before burrowing close into the warm wide open stalks and roses the sound of the sea was like a breath was like a sigh did the little group on the balcony hear it mother's fingers moved among the black and gold coffee cups miss anderson brought the most uncomfortable chair out of the salon and sat down mr prodger put his large hand on to the yellow stone ledge of the balcony and remarked gravely this balcony rail is just as hot as it can be they say said mother that the greatest heat of the day is at about half past two we have certainly noticed it is very hot then yes it's lovely then murmured milly and she stretched out her hand to the sun it's simply baking then you're not afraid of the sunshine said mr prodger taking his coffee from mother no thank you i won't take any cream just one lump of sugar and he sat down balancing the little chattering cup on his broad knee no i adore it answered milly and she began to nibble the lump of sugar end of section eight